0: Welcome into another edition of Locked On Bills. I'm your host today, Kevin Misery. <clears throat> just going through pre-game, post-game notes that I have um, from this weekend. Wanted to touch on some of the the keys to the game. We'll be going through the vicious loss to the Colts uh, yesterday. Really, really disparaging, just awful game. In segment one, then in segment two, we're going to be going through the offense and the defense one by one to see, you know, who did what, and then followed by I'd like to get into the, you know, who's who's at fault for this? Is there a fault to even be given at two and five? Um, is this what everyone expected? Is this kind of after, especially after a couple of wins there against last year's playoff teams, a couple of poor losses, one against the Texans, which they had that game in hand, and then a brutal loss to the to the Colts yesterday. A lot of people want to play in this division. I mean, Andrew Luck can win any game like that anytime. He looks fully healthy. I, I've watched him play earlier against worse opponents um, he did he did not look as good as he did yesterday. He must have saw something on tape with this this vaunted third ranked Bills defense and took full advantage of it. And we'll be getting into that here in segment one. But, you know, I don't want to spend too too long on a recap. Um, you know, you guys know how this thing went. It was quite frankly an, an unacceptable game from start to finish. Um, I'm gonna say as much of a letdown by the defense as it was the offense. That's tough to say for a uh for an offense that, you know, only scored three points pretty much you know, with the two being the safety, but the defense really put him I mean, it, it was just really never a game and just not the game plan they wanted. They lost LaShawn McCoy. So, I mean, you're having a Derek Anderson, Chris Ivory, Jason Kroom. I saw Charles Clayton and out of the lineup, maybe for that fumble. I mean, he's putting the ball on the ground. He looked like he's just not inspired to play football here any longer. So, we'll see what happens with Um, with that, I mean, I thought Calvin Benjamin did yesterday, what he was supposed to do all season, throw him the ball. I mean, he's going to catch the ball. He's going to go for, you know, 70 to 90 yards per game. I mean, that's what he should be doing. Um, I mean, this is just an epically bad offense, um, from start to finish. I mean, you're starting a guy off the street who quite frankly, threw three interceptions, but still looked better than Nathan Peterman. We'll see what the team does, uh, going forward, um, here at that position, uh, to, We'll see. I mean, Sean McDermott said the team needs a reset. It needs more than a reset button. Excuse me for the exact quote. Um, you know, he says, we've got to like it. We've got to, like I said, hit the reset button, go and look at the film and learn from it. A it's got to hurt. The minute losing gets easy and easy to take, it's not what we're looking for. Um, while losing isn't getting any easier these type of games are becoming more familiar for the bills. Nine out of McDermott's 12 losses. Okay. That's nine out of 12. Um, as the bills head coach have been double digit losses. So, I mean, I just don't know uh, if, if they don't come prepared um, or what's going on here, but that's, that's, that's been, been a problem. I mean, once again, nine out of 12 bills losses, head coach have been double digit losses, including seven of 21 or points of more McDermott did address that. And, you know, it's another double digit loss, you know, he's under 500 now. Uh, I want to talk about Sean McDermott, Brian Dable, uh, Brandon Bean on uh, the entire, the whole entire operation here in the third segment. So I'm going to tease that a little bit, um, you know, to the game. I mean, there's not a ton to talk about. I didn't think they did very, did did much of anything to to stop Andrew Luck. Um, he pretty much had his way, even though his yardage totals weren't crazy, but they didn't need to be. After a 0-0 first quarter, which you thought it might be a defensive battle, um, you know, Luck took 24 points in the second quarter yep 24 points in the second quarter I just I mean that's just crazy 156 yards and four touchdowns for him Marlon Mack coming out party 126 and one you had um you know Hines and Jordan Wilkins get a lot of garbage time work so I don't know how much we can say but they were all running at a pretty high clip um getting Hines 5 for 47 for 9.4 yards per carry. I mean, that's just unacceptable at any point in the game. Chester Rogers 4 for 40 receiving, Marlon Mack 2 for 33 in that touchdown, as well as just two touchdowns from Hilton, but only on 25 yards. That was interesting. Um, And, I mean, their defense, to me, played a lot better than I would have ever anticipated. They were at home. Bills don't win in Indianapolis very often. So the Colts and the Bills moved to 2 and 5. Uh, off of that game, uh, as well as they're both picking, currently picking fifth and sixth overall in the draft. I uh, anticipate the Bills will probably stay around there. Um, the Colts might shoot up. I mean, they might beat some some of these bad teams. I know they have Oakland uh, on the fold, so uh, that's that's just where it might go. So some some uh, some numbers to know. I mean, 220 yards rushing for the Colts. Uh, I mean, I don't know what to say about that. It's 5.9 yards per carry. Uh, the biggest alarming, right to me, they converted fifty four percent of third down, seven for thirteen. I mean, that's uh, you are not going to win many games when the team's going over fifty percent on third down. They're they're staying on the field, keeping your defense uh, really really getting tired. Um, the the average time of possession um, was about twenty six minutes and forty two seconds. Uh, that's that's good for last in the league. Um, so the Bills and then lost five turnovers. So that's. That's that's the game. I mean, there's really nothing more to say. Derek Anderson looked pretty beat up, so uh, Sean McDermott speaks here today. I'm interested to see where Josh Allen is, how many weeks are they thinking now, if Nathan Peterman starts, if they need to sign another quarterback, if Anderson's okay to at least be a backup or at least maybe start. Um, but the, the Colts absolutely pummeled the Bills in a 37-5 to fashion, and uh, that's, I mean, we can go into to more detail about some specifics of that later in the week, but that's a high level, um, you know, thinking of this game and you're going to try to take away some things from it. I mean, Anderson, I mean, just wasn't very good. Um, but he's still what you're expecting, putting in what you should call your third quarterback into the game, you know, really the Bill's second quarterback. And now obviously they're, their first quarterback, um, playing in maybe into three or four weeks. I mean, this guy came in off the street, I thought made some okay throws. Um, if it wasn't for a Charles Clay, I mean, they were driving to tie the game. I just think that game can be completely different. If you play that 10 times, that game goes like yesterday, one out of 10. And I, and I still think that about the Ravens game. Um, but unfortunately, you had two backup quarterbacks in the game, and they both went the way that they did. But I still think that those games could have gone completely differently as you saw the Ravens lose to the um, Browns. I don't care. I don't, the Browns still aren't there. They don't have any receivers as well. They have a little bit more of a progressed quarterback in Baker Mayfield. But uh, that, that team's pretty pretty far behind defensively too. Uh, I mean McCoy got hurt. Obviously, he went out with that concussion. Chris Ivory was fine, eighty one yards, five point one yard average. I mean, that's not gonna that's not gonna win you a game, but that also is enough to get to take it away. Bills needed to speaking of takeaways, Bills needed to take the ball over. Um, they just didn't. Andrew Luck didn't make any mistakes really, except that weird snap over his head. Um, other than that that even bounced their way. I mean, it really did and bounced into the end zone when most of the time that's probably getting covered up in the end zone. Unfortunately for them, it probably wouldn't have mattered either way. Wouldn't have changed the game, but um, it's just still an example of something that just didn't, didn't bounce their way. Um, It's just, it's just heartbreaking. I mean, you're going in, you know, you're playing New England at home on a 13 and a half point line. Now Uh, this, this game, you know, you could have been three and four. Just, just, just look at the Colts game. Okay, you could have been three and four, one game out of the uh, playoffs. One game. I mean, anything could bounce your way. Um, so for them to not even come up, and look prepared at all, the game plans look terrible. I don't know where they decided to blitz Andrew Luck from. It was a miserable game plan defensively. I don't know who came up with that one. I thought I didn't think they wanted to sit back and get and get carved up, anyways. I guess, but that's the way that they play defense. And they've played some good quarterbacks this season they must've saw something on tape that said, Hey, if we throw these kind of blitz at them, um, maybe we'll stop them. But they were prepared and ready for it for another uh, offensive line that kind of has mixed and matched some guys. They've been talking about that. Now they might've find their five offensive linemen in Indianapolis, of course, after playing the bills. Um, but that's still not that good of a group to me. I'm sorry. That offense is not a good group too. I Hilton looked banged up. He was playing like, it. he was able to, to, to find some success in the red zone, but he didn't look very good. Um, They were unable to stop Marlon Mack, their first 100-yard rusher, Marlon Mack. uh, I I just thought it was a disappointing performance all the way around. There's no other way to put it. It is a game that I thought you should win, even though they weren't favored. They were down, you know, the Colts were favored by eight points. It's a one-in-five team that has has looked every bit as much. The Bills have had some good performances, beating, uh, you know, potentially division-winning Vikings team on the road. Um, You know, their counterparts, the Titans, the Colts' counterpart, they took care of. Uh, they took care of the Titan. Or the, excuse me, the Texans did lose that late. But to be not competitive, one thing for the Colts to win on a field goal at the end when the Bills played poor, you know that happens at football. To get blown out by a one in five team, I can't, I cannot remember a time when when it's been in a worse state post loss um, from a bad bad football team. That's that's how poor that this game was. For the next segment, we're going to get into definitely going to start talking about individual performances from this game. I want to talk about some players. I want to talk about the offense, you know, breaking it down from the season on, from, from the season going forward as well as what they've done right now, what they did in this game. So we're going to talk about individual players next in this next segment. And then we're going to get into, you know, kind of who's to blame for this, um, for where they're at. So that's going to be the third segment that, you know, you got to stay on and listen to really appreciate everyone, all the new listeners, everybody coming into this daily podcast, locked on bills, where we analyze and we talk, and we have a lot of commentary should say we have a lot of commentary. It is a commentary podcast where we talk about what we think, our opinions on the, on the, on this game. You're tuning in to hear, you know, boot level grounds on the uh, boots on the ground and what you know what we think of each performance and each player. I mean, that's that's all we can give you guys is some of the best local coverage that you know we follow this team and we follow it maybe differently than other people do. But ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. And usually, it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to check, uh, bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. And I would only recommend this service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging your way to make your way over to my bookie. You win and they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and your fantasy guys out there, you can even bet over under on how many fantasy points a player will score. I mean, everyone should have bet the over last night on all those Colts, play- or excuse me, all those Tex- or uh, Chiefs players um, that probably either won or lost people a lot of fantasy games. I know they lost me two fantasy games alone. Um, join now, and bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar using promo code LOCKED on 25 Once again, visit MyBookie online. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E using promo code LOCKED on 25 You play, you win, you get paid. All right, guys, I wanted to start talking to you about some individual performances um, from my eye that I watched um, and then kind of see how they've been throughout the season. So we're going to start offensively. Um, once again, there's not a ton to take away from this. But I thought Chris Ivory played a pretty good game. He's a good running back, too. He's a guy that I think you should have on your roster going forward. A guy I'd like to keep. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin played, go figure, his best game of the season. Um, I mean, it was hard not to when Derek Anderson trusted him. I mean, he did not look Zay Jones' way at all. Uh, he was start, Zay Jones was starting to build that rapport with Josh Allen, uh, even with Nathan Peterman, but did not have it at all with, uh, with his guy. Um, Zay Jones. He did have it though, like I said, with with Kelvin Benjamin, who, you know, I I thought he did what you wanted Kelvin Benjamin, like I said in the last segment, what you wanted Kelvin Benjamin to do, uh, four catches for 71 yards. I mean, that's, that's about what I thought you were bringing in for, for the whole season. You know, that's obviously over a thousand yard receiver if he does that every game. So that's kind of what you're hoping for when you bring in a guy like Kelvin. And I thought, in my opinion, he wasn't the issue yesterday. Um, so he's a guy that might might have been pumping up his trade value here going forward uh, with that rumor to be interested in the uh, into the Cowboys potentially, and imagining a compensation in the fourth to sixth round range. Marcus Murphy bounced back to me after being active for the first three weeks, looking very poor. No matter how you cut it, what you're, no matter how you, how you're watching him, he wasn't very good in his initial around sixty snaps yesterday he played pretty good as a finally the running back two I thought he would be running back two running back three so I'd envision him uh, getting a few more future nods Uh, thank god they activated him there there have been years or weeks I should say where Murphy would be inactive and McCoy would get hurt and then say Taiwan's either out and or got hurt in the game you would have just been having Chris Ivory so it was and then who got banged up so uh, Marcus Murphy was was nice to have there Um, I thought Logan Thomas and Jason Kroon played okay as backup tight ends. I have some notes on on them. I saw a really nice run block by Logan Thomas, which was good to see as he's bouncing back from that. Bouncing back from that really tough, tough. um, He's had a tough couple games uh, as well. He had a really bad pass blocking game against Houston. Um, He's been up and down all season, but to see him have a nice bounce back game is nice. Jason Kroon, just giving you running-the-mill backup tight end play. I honestly thought he'd be doing more at this point. Um, you know, snap counts. He's getting about 16 snaps a game right now. He got 16 the last two weeks. Um, so that's what you're getting out of Kroon. I thought he was okay. Really, Russell Bodine had another good day in past block. A guy who I thought have, has played really well since coming in. Hasn't been perfect. Uh, he's just been a lot better than Gro. I thought the O-line in general was fairly decent yesterday. Um, glad to do cost as well. Had an okay day. Um, struggles. They're kind of the reverse player, which is interesting to have next to each other. Vlad Dukas really struggles in run um, and actually plays well in pass. So so you have that, and then you have John excuse me, John Miller is the opposite player, not not uh, Bodine, who's also. Bodine and, and Dukas play well together. They're both really good pass blockers uh, and poor run blockers, but uh, John Miller's been known to be a run blocker, even though he's he's been pretty good in pass. So it's been an interior that I thought would just be super poor uh, has actually been been okay, been okay, um, Dawkins and I don 't think had the greatest game in my opinion. Uh, I saw a lot of misses in run and pass, just played a, 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 a you know pretty poor to, to below average game um, for what he 's capable of. He struggled all year in run, which is interesting. never expected that from Dawkins and I've, I have him noted as as, as as struggling mightily against the run and being pretty good against the pass um, and then you're going to just get up and down Jordan Mills like every game's different with Jordan. Uh, anyone who says that he's been bad through stretches, I think is exaggerating. I think he's been an okay, um, okay blocker. I mean, he's been once again pretty decent, in my opinion, throughout his career in pass, uh, and been a really below average run by. So it's really interesting that the Bills so far, and what I have noted that they've been pretty good in pass pro, uh, and just been giving getting fits and run, um, in run. Uh, Charles Clay, I mean. He's been giving the team okay blocking. I mean, I guess. Um, but it's just been an awful pass catcher, just not what you're paying nine million dollars for. Uh, and that's the offense. There's really nothing more of melt there to really go over. It's just been just been bad all the way around, no matter how you how you cut it. Um, and Zay Jones again with his fifty one snaps, you know, didn't really do too much with him. So defense, this is what I really want. But what I brought you guys on here to talk about. Um I thought there were some interesting performances to take away from this this game. Um, notably, anyone that follows me knows that I tweeted Jordan Poyer did not have a great game. Uh, he really didn't. He, he couldn't tackle. It was one of the worst games I've ever seen him play since being selected as the sa- uh, starting safety of this team, being handpicked for that. He's still, by and large, this season been pretty good, um, but he's had two games now that I thought were pretty poor against Tennessee was, was a bad game, too, um, and he just – I, I, he just wasn't very good yesterday. He didn't diagnose. He got he got caught on a Eric Swope, a backup tight end. So I it, w- it was a poor game from Poyer. Just looking forward to him to bouncing back. Um, you know, Starloot to Lele uh, had a had a had an average day. Um I don't think he got as much penetration as he normally does in his two gapping. Um, so but he did make that one QB sneak stop. So that was that was good to see him get on the stat sheet for a tackle. Um and, you know he's not even near the near the problem and Jerry, Jerry Hughes and shaq Lawson played pretty decent to me trey White played pretty good um, you know although he you know got flagged for a pass interference uh, or holding I don't remember which one only was targeted one time on one reception for eight yards there so um that was credited to trey so I thought he played decent decent coverage uh Philip Gaines played pretty good um, as well as You know, Taron Johnson played, you know, pretty solid football, except for, you know, he got credited. He got the touchdown credited against him, one of the passing touchdowns. Um, But, you know, one guy, Matt Milano, I've seen play better football. Um, You know, he just seemed to just be missing tackles and um, not be in the right spots, being bad in coverage. You see those games out of Matt Milano. That's why he was subbing in and out with Ron Humber at times. That's literally what got him in trouble. Uh, The games of yesterday, you saw that. Hopefully he develops from it and they learn okay so the topic of discussion for this final part of this segment is I wanted to bring up Tremaine Edmonds so anyone that followed me knows that most people didn't like the fact that I don't know how well he's been playing for being the 16th overall pick I think you're looking for an immediate upgrade an immediate upgrade I know he's 20 all right let's get that out of the way I know his age And I know that he can develop. Those are two things that are very clear that anyone that should follow this team knows is no one thinks he's 30. No one thinks he won't develop or wasn't going to be a player that needed time to develop. No one thinks either of those. I'm just saying through seven weeks, I expected better play from your 16th overall pick, just like I did when Shaq Lawson was drafted in a very similar fashion. A guy I thought would be more ready to play in this league did get hurt, was drafted off that injury, a little different of scenario. But it's the same type of – you're expecting the same type of effect. You're expecting a guy to come in and really command a defense. I think he's been really poor in coverage. He's been one of the worst coverage linebackers in the league, in my opinion. Okay, I've watched him, and then I pair that up with, hmm, what can I do to go to say, is Kevin wrong? Is Kevin right? What's going on? How can I like, compare my opinion? I pull up pro football focus, someone that – good friend of the show – I pull up pro football because you see what do unbiased not not people that are on one side or the corner the other what do they say about this player they have 10 people that watch each game and break down the footage if you don't like the process I'm sorry that's how they do it if there's some reason that you don't that you think your evaluations are better than theirs I don't know maybe start your own competitive site with theirs like a site that you know breaks down in in number form and, and there's some analytics behind it where you have 10 people watching film he scores out very poor. Um, and that goes with my eyes. That goes with my own eyes. So if I was watching this film and I was tasked with scoring Tremaine Edmonds, I thought he played a really good game against Minnesota. That's what I have noted here on my note card. Okay. I pull it up and I compare it to what pro football focus says. It says that he had a really bad game against the Chargers. Okay. It shows that he had a really average game against week one against Baltimore. Okay. It shows that he was really bad yesterday in run defense. Um, which which was interesting. I didn't expect that, and actually played good in coverage. Something that I that I tweeted using Pro Football Focus. His coverage grades are poor. Okay, that's my opinion. Pro Football Focus says he was good yesterday in coverage. So quite frankly, I'm not using the same metrics either. Okay, but by and large, on average, something he's done well is pass rush the quarterback. I think he has. Most people think he has, and Pro Football Focus thinks he has. I can use them as a baseline for discussion. If you pay for their advanced membership, good. Go on there and check them out for yourself and let me know what you think. Um, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't have individual grades, individual performances, snap counts, uh, coverage, ratings, etc. cetera. It helps me out. It helps me look at numbers so I think that I can compare them to what I have written down. 39.2 and run defense out of 100 yesterday. It's about as poor as you can get for a starting linebacker. Um, and I've just expected more from the 16th overall pick. I'm allowed to think that through halfway through the season. Um and I'm expecting him to develop quite frankly, those are my two points. I don't need personal attacks about Tremaine Edmonds. That's just how I envision it. What I see, and then I compare it to an analytical site, an unbiased analytical site, one that's not perfect. but pro Football Focus does agree that he's been a pretty poor linebacker compared to other linebackers like it's not really there's not really much more to say about that than Tremaine edmonds. He's been a pretty poor linebacker this year. by and large, not every play he, he shows flashes he's of, of, of excellence and where he could develop into being a consistent player. But that's what you saw this year. Um, and that's what you've seen so far. And he could still develop this year. I just expected um, a little bit more game-changing type of plays from him. So we'll see as the season goes on. If he shows some of that, I think his development's just as important as Josh Allen's as he can quarterback the defense and um, specifically certain plays to him. So that's my opinion. Uh, I hope you at least see where I'm coming from on Tremaine Edmonds. I just, as a 16th overall pick, which you traded up for, um, you know, you had other players on the board. You 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 designated that he is your quarterback of the future um, at the defense, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so you picked that just like you did on the offensive side of the ball with Josh Allen. So I just want to see a little bit more from him, just like I wanted to see a little bit more from Matt Milano. And I see it at times. Um, and Matt Milano has been a good linebacker in this league. With his lapses, I want to see Trey Edmonds take a next step. That's all. Twenty years old, uh, 16th overall pick, and that's I expect him to need to develop. Just thought he'd be more of a positive impact early on in his uh, career. I've seen some plays not consistent enough for me for what I was hoping for on a player that you use a top 16 pick on, a guy in the top half that you that you think that should be able to change games um, when there was, you know. Other players on the board, other positions, There's often, there was interior offensive linemen that are being been really good so far. Uh, Duran James has been really good so far. So there's, I mean, just examples. Those are some of the, the expectations that you're looking for. And then you have a guy across the field from him playing for the Indianapolis Colts, a guy that you could have designated um, being really important to your franchise. But you took Tremaine Edmonds and Darius Leonard, a guy I liked coming on a lot out of the draft, uh, got him in the second round. Don't really care about rounds and this and that. I'm just saying. I just expected and he's potentially the defensive rookie of the year. Those are the kind of effects that I was hoping for from Edmonds and we'll see if we still see it. Still a guy I like still a guy that's definitely a part of this defense on, on his fairly lockable, a lock-upable contract. That's not going to, that's going to only help build this roster. So just need him to take that next step here. in the second half of the year, I don't think asking for him to improve in the second half of the year after um, seven football games is too much to ask for no matter what his age is. Um, so, Getting into the third, you know, want to talk about who's at fault of this mess right now, especially offensive mess. Um, so we're going to talk about that here in the third segment. But if your company is looking for a new way to reach company uh, customers, your company just could be right here right now. Podcast listeners are sixty percent more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcasts, and our demographic is ninety-eight percent males and more educa- uh, more education and earning more than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast and email me at Kevin Misery at gmail.com. All right, guys, final segment of the day. It's going to be a quick one. Who's at fault at this thing? Do you think it's Sean McDermott, Brian Dable, Brandon Bean? Um, to a lesser extent, largely Frazier, but I kind of couple him with with McDermott. If you think it's McDermott McDermott slash Frazier, um, or do you think it's player personnel? So in my opinion, I don't know what else Brandon Bean could have done to help this year. They decided that they wanted different football players, right? That was decided by, I mean, that was decided by the coaching staff, okay? That's decided that this guy doesn't fit our culture, our scheme, our mold, whatever. I don't think that you can blame the general manager with this amount of dead cap space. I haven't liked um, perfectly what he's done to get to that dead cap space. I mean, these are players you could have used um, and many of the players that you've traded to get Allen and why format aforementioned uh, Tremaine Edmonds, you've traded away some of these players, Tyra Taylor, Sammy Watkins. We know the names. So, Who's at fault for this mess? One, I think they put too much faith in Brian Dable. I don't think he's um, very good. I don't think he's very good. He's never been good in his career. I thought he may have learned um, throughout his time in, in Alabama and in New England, he hasn't been very good period he just just hasn't he hasn't been a very good coach um then you're moving on to um do you think it's sean mcdermott i think that's the bigger discussion for this 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 the segment I think you can blame – you're going to take a fall guy in Dable. Do you turn it over next year? I don't know. I think he helped to select Josh Allen. I don't know. I think he gets at least another year. Isn't that weird for having one of the worst offenses of all time? He can, he can then blame a lot of the personnel. just kind of goes on. Brandon Bean can blame. Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott can blame can blame um, Dable. Dable can then go blame. I don't have any personnel. Um, my quarterback got hurt. So it's just going to be a blame game. But I think Sean McDermott, although he broke broke the drought – in kind of a lucky fashion, but they were due to due for some luck over the course of 20 years. Um, they're due to, to have a couple of bounces, a couple of games go their way. And that's what happened. And this is kind of the reverse where kind of their talent is coming out a little bit more than um, it did last year. The difference of this, of this year is like, they don't have Tyrod Taylor, uh, another lineman lost or two. Like, I don't know. It's not that much of a team. Uh, it just hasn't come together for them at all. I do think Brian Dable has to take some heat for it. I would not be shocked to say, dude, this is the worst offense in 50 years. Um, I don't think that there's anything. I think you got to fire him to save face and um, move on with your life. So if you go into Sean McDermott, how long does he have though? As a under 500 uh, coach now, I think you need to give him one more year. I don't think he's locked. So, I mean, I'm just scared to death how Sean McDermott's going to want to spend uh, with Brandon Bean, obviously. He's going to want to spend this $100 million on culture, guys. I need to have some talent on this roster. I need to put some of it into offense. When it's likely that your top six pick that you're going to receive is going to go into D-line because that's where the prospects are at the top of this draft, especially if you're not looking quarterback, that should be the only asset you put into defense this year. It's going to be probably replacing, you're going to resign sign um, Lorenzo Alexander. It's going to probably be replacing Kyle Williams. You have enough talent across the defense that go find a cornerback, maybe a replacement level guy in free agency and or draft a guy fourth through sixth round again. I cannot put any more assets than that into defense anymore. I need the majority of the 10 picks, and I need the majority of the $100 million to revamp an offensive line, revamp a wide receiving core, et cetera. Do we have faith that Sean McDermott's going to do that? I don't know. I don't know that we have faith in that right now. But I do believe he gets a third year, unlike Rex Ryan, uh, just for breaking the drought. I don't know that Brian Dable gets year two. I I know that McDermott and Frazier will get year three. I don't know that you can give Brian Dable uh, year two. Want your opinions on that, so make sure you you tweet at me and let me know if you think that Brian Dable will be the offensive coordinator uh, next year. What what are your opinions on that? I just, a guy that's seriously having the worst coaching year ever, um, regardless of personnel, I do think is in jeopardy, even if it is his first year. So from Lockdown Bills, this was an action-packed after-game Monday edition for your drive-time specialties. Sean McDermott speaking here shortly, we had an Amari Cooper for a first-round pick trade to the, uh, to the Cowboys, which might take away Calvin Benjamin from that trade market. They decided to trade a first for Amari Cooper rather than potentially fourth through six for Calvin Benjamin, an interesting move there. Uh, interesting, interesting move there in Oakland and, uh, and in Dallas. But from Lockdown Bills, I'm Kevin Misery, and we'll talk to you soon.